When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Houghton. Welcome back. It is the home stretch here on Silver and Black Today. Yes, we cover the Las Vegas Raiders. Also, we talked about Father's Day on Sunday. We also wanted to say happy Juneteenth to those out there and hope you had a good day. A lot of people had the day off, Mo. I know you and I didn't have the day off, but that's okay. There were a lot of parades, a lot of things going around uh, uh, America as this. For, for I mean, it's a new federal holiday. Juneteenth has yep. been celebrated for obviously decades and decades, but a new federal holiday. So a lot of folks had yesterday off. Yeah, it's a. I mean, national holiday now. New holiday recognized, observed, you know, across the board. But when I was growing up, and I know I'm sure a lot of old heads that listen to the show (laughs) will recognize this when I say this. Before the talk about Juneteenth, when I was growing up, I took Black Solidarity Day off, which is in November. I didn't know about this. What's this? It's it's not recognized as a national holiday now, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people in the South, my family comes from South Carolina, recognize the holiday and they would let me stay home uh, wow. you know, in November on that day. So for the people who know what Black Solidarity Day is, shout out to you. <laughs> uh, for the people, who, for the new school celebrating Juneteenth, enjoy the holiday, you know, have some food, friends, music, whatever you do. I know in New York City, it's a big thing, you know, out here, you're going to, you're going to have festivals, you're going to have people out celebrating. So for the people out there listening to our show, enjoy it, whether it's, it's Juneteenth, or if you wait until November for Black Solidarity Day, shout out to you for celebrating that, and we'll mention that on the show. But just want to give a, a quick happy Juneteenth to everyone listening. There you go. See, we don't. We always want to recognize what's going on out there, and that's part of that. So uh, I hope everybody had a good Juneteenth, and now we're into June twentieth. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. The teenth thing threw me the first time I heard it. Because I think like most Americans, I was ignorant to the fact that what it was celebrating until then. Oh, OK, now I get it. Uh, but the spelling thing still to me, it, it like it's 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 interesting. It's like the only holiday that's kind of capped that way. So very cool. Quick, quick thing. I think yeah. it also matters where you were raised in the country. If you heard sure. Juneteenth, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know a lot about Juneteenth until it was talked about a few years ago. I, I've heard mm-hmm. of it, but I, it re- I really didn't dig into it, and it really wasn't a big thing. As I said, Black Solidarity Day was in my family, so 
it's just pretty interesting that even people with my skin color will tell have told me I didn't know what Juneteenth was until it was talked about. But what what your skin color? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, because if people <laughs> for, for people who don't have the visual, I, I know a lot of people say I, I may sound like a white person, but I, I am I do <laughs> Is have that a what darker, people say? Yeah, some people may say oh this, but I gosh. do have a darker hue. If you if you were to see me in person, if you're watching out there on YouTube land, shout out to everyone in YouTube land. I'm yeah. a black guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting, man. I people, yeah, people they they say you sound like a white guy, which is interesting. My favorite, as you guys know, uh, and and I know there are people who will unsubscribe to the channel because if I talk about the Padres, they'll unsubscribe. Oh man, go figure. Uh, but Tony Gwynn was the same way too, right? Tony Gwynn he used to tell a story about that. He'd call a hotel down and they'd come up and he'd say, "I'd open the door," and the guy'd be like, "Who is this guy?" Are you the guy? Uh, oh, I must have the wrong room. This guy called about this. He's like, no, that's me <laughs> because of because of his voice. It's really interesting how we all make these assumptions based on what we think or or the preconceived notions or experiences, too. Right. Uh, so anyway, kind of kind of fun stuff. But yeah. All right. We're going to get back into the football now. Let's get on. We talk about stories out there with the Raiders. I don't know if you saw the news, but the NFL for the first time. Since 2019, we'll hold a supplemental draft on July 11th on the NFL Network. Uh, obviously, Purdue wide receiver Milton Wright is one of the guys who is now eligible for that as well. Uh, the last player picked in the supplemental draft was Jalen Thompson, who was selected by the Cardinals back in 2019. Just an interesting note, because remember when the supplemental draft kind of was a big thing? Uh, and, and then it kind of went away because of the rule changes with drafting and, and college players and all stuff. Now it's back first time since 19 interesting stuff. I just thought it popped up on my, my news alerts and I was kind of like, Oh my, wow. Supplemental draft. I remember when that was a big deal. Yeah, I do remember when it was sort of a big deal. The Giants had a player too, uh, in recent years they got from the supplemental draft the guy. It was a cornerback. Yeah. It might've been Valentine, uh, but he didn't, he didn't turn into much, but. The play you mentioned is interesting because Purdue wide receiver, Raiders <laughs> do have a quarterback from the same school. <laughs> no, but they, they don't need another wide receiver, I would assume. This is a big wide He's like 6'3", 200, yeah, close big, to 200 big pounds. So he's going to go to a team that that needs a possession receiver um, that, may, that may need a number two guy, and I could see him latching on to a team like the Saints. Because Michael, because of Michael Thomas's history, I know they drafted AT Perry, who I like as the sleeper, but I can actually mm -hmm. see Milton Wright going to the Saints because of Michael Thomas's injury history. I know they have Chris Olave as their number one now, but yeah. Derek Carr likes big targets, and as I said, this guy is six three, so I, I will look at the Saints on this one, just mindful, or maybe the Cardinals. They try to replace DeAndre Hopkins with him, but those are the two teams I would look at for for him. But what I will say about the supplemental draft is. If, for people who don't know, it kind of gives uh, guys a chance to to get, um, I want to say, drafted in a, in a traditional way. But guys who may have had some academic issues or, or something like that, because I think that was Milton Wright's um, issue. It was an academic yeah. eligibility thing he went through in college. This doesn't mean, like, just because they're going to supplement a draft doesn't mean they can't play and they can't ball. They These guys absolutely can. It's just that other other circumstances may have kept them out of the draft. So yeah, I, usually you're not a lot of players. You use, like, a one or maybe a few players drafted in the supplemental draft. But I think it's very interesting to look at the Saints and the Cardinals as landing spots for this, with this wide receiver out of Purdue. 
Yeah, interesting stuff. Just something else to do in July before camp <laughs> to talk about for us with our football Jones going on. Uh, the other story I wanted to bring to your attention, I don't know if you saw it, Mo, so if you didn't, uh, uh, that's okay too, but I know you'll have a good take on it, which is Braxton Howard over a Pro Football Focus was writing about uh, the Raiders situation and with, with Tyler Hall. Now, you look at Tyler Hall, he says he's one of the top three slot cornerbacks in the NFL. Yes, he said that. He said he was the third best slot corner in the NFL. Uh, that was back last week. Uh, when you look at the NFL based on passer rating allowed, so just to be full disclosure on that. So he openly discussed, "Hey, with Nate Hobbs playing more on the outside last year, uh, might we see that again? Because he's he's feeling like Tyler Hall." is such a good slot corner that he's going to lock down that position. What's your take on Tyler Hall, what you know about him and the situation? Cause the, the, the cornerback situation in Las Vegas with the Raiders is in flux. Let's face it. Yes. They're going to have a bunch of guys in there, but people have to step up. Hobbs is one of those guys that we need to see from, more from him, obviously uh, after a great little rookie year, but now he's got to come back and kind of establish himself. Do you think the scenario he points out there with Tyler Hall uh, maybe locking up that slot cornerback position in his mind based on his talent and Hobbs playing more outside, or do you see something different? I think Tyler Hall has a shot. I, I remember we talked about Isaiah Polo Mao, right? Mm -hmm. yep. in, a, in a previous show, and there are a lot of Raider fans high on him to have a bigger role in this upcoming season. I put Tyler Hall in this kind of in the same category where they have to show out in the preseason to really get a big role. Now, I would say Tyler Hall a little higher on the ladder than Isaiah Paul Mousin because if you've read the piece on The Athletic, either uh, Tashawn Reed or Vic Tafer, mm -hmm. wrote a piece saying that Tyler Hall is in competition for that slot cornerback spot. And if he wins it, Hobbs would mostly be on the perimeter. Now, if he doesn't win it or doesn't show up in, in training camp or preseason, then you could see Hobbs more in the, in the slot, maybe kind of a 50-50 role where he's playing both outside and inside but Tyler Hall has a shot to to see a, a significant upkick uptick in uh playing snaps I believe he started three games last year he had some glimpses where he played well but to me it just wasn't enough to say that guy is going to be a star that guy is going to be a solid starter going forward I need to see more I need to see it from him at training camp from the reports I need to see it from him in the in the preseason again I think if he has a strong preseason he has a legitimate shot to win the slot cornerback position but what I will say about the Raiders cornerback room in totality is it's very it's very fluid. You got a rookie Jacorian Bennett who who turned some heads in the spring. You got Tyler Hall who has who showed some glimpses last year, has a shot at the slot cornerback position. You can have Nate Hobbs on the outside, the inside. You brought in David Long Jr. and Duke Shelley in the offseason as free agents. So Marcus Peters, the report we talked about last week that the Raiders, it seems like the Raiders are gonna be are gonna sign him. So there, there's a lot baked into this cornerback situation and i think if you really truly believe our iron sharpens iron mm. you can get you can get one of those young guys to to step up and, and play a big role maybe marcus peter maybe assuming the Raiders sign marcus Peters, maybe he bounces back after a down year but this cornerback group the secondary in general is going to be the most intriguing position group this offseason simply because of all the players all the faces all the factors all the flexibility involved there 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff. But I think I think that it it the competition to your point, the competition is good. So with who the Raiders have in camp, they'll be able to evaluate who's going to be best at what position and 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 really win out those roles. It's going to be fun to watch. I and mean, it's what to me it's going to be one of the highlights of camp is to see how who comes out of that on top and who locks in what position. This is what I this is what I would want to happen. This is not, I'm not saying this will happen. This is what I want to see at cornerback. Marcus Peters on one end on the boundary, Decorian Bennett on the other end on the boundary, and Nate Hobbs in the slot. I feel like Nate Hobbs in the slot had a great year, a pretty good year as a rookie. I think Mm -hmm. he should where he where he flourished, they should move him back there. Yeah. He did well in the slot, keep him in the slot. Especially if you're gonna sign a Marcus Peters. And if Marcus Peters can bounce back, pretty much a ball hawk went healthy. Jacorian Bennett. Tracked the ball very well. I know he had the penalties in Maryland, but opposite Deontay mm-hmm. Banks, he was the guy making the plays on the ball. So if you have a Jacorian Bennett and a bounce-back version of Marcus Peters, the Rays can force some turnovers, and then you have Nate Hobbs performing at his best in the slot. I think that's the ideal situation at the cornerback position for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that, to your point about if they do sign Peters, and Hobbs, that's the thing. Hobbs could play on the outside. He had some moments. But you go back to what did he do best? He did his best in the slot. And so I understand that. And even with Tyler Hall in camp uh, and on the team, I think that you got to go with your young buck. And he showed that he can play that position and do it well. So give him the time there to develop into the player that we think he can be. Because I think that that would be uh, the best thing for the team. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about, our good friend, and, and we're going to get him on the show here maybe later this week, um, Cody Benjamin over at CBS. He did his... 2023 NFL running back matchmaker, right? So these are running backs who are either free agents like Ezekiel Elliott or like the Saquon Barkley's, the Josh Jacobs looking for a landing spot if they can't come to a contract negotiation and they don't want to play into the tender for their team. And his 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 curveball, as he calls it, and we'll get him on to talk about this, was Josh Jacobs, you ready for this, Raider Nation? To the Broncos. <laughs> right so we'll let cody know they're in the same division he knows that but i just thought it was very interesting because a lot of writers tend to write things that you would say oh yeah that makes sense this one though he did as uh, uh as a, a kind of a, a i think a mix here of of kind of whoa why would you trade within your division uh, but uh it's interesting that there's talk in this conversation of course he's got dalvin cook going to the dolphins um, Joe Mixon back to the Bengals, Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots, which actually makes a lot of sense. So um, that is interesting. I just don't see that happening. So we'll have to give Cody crap when he comes on the show about it because Broncos Raiders, I don't – when have they ever made a trade, number one? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know that they ever have. I have to go back. Somebody – one of our fans who's a longtime Raider Nation card-carrying uh, resident will tell us, I'm sure. We'll, we'll give Cody the floor to to plead his case, but I, I will tell you that that ain't happening. If if, if the Rays, even if the Rays do trade Josh Jacobs, they're not going to trade him to a division rival. It's a top player. It's just 
it's just not gonna happen. I, I think all of Raider Nation would vomit number one. Not that the <laughs> Josh Daniels and Dave Ziegler care about the reaction of the fans on this, but I, I just don't see it, it it happening simply because you don't want to trade the the 2022 rushing title, you know, rushing leader to your division rival. It just it, yeah. it would make absolutely zero sense for the Raiders to make that trade. But I will use this moment to plug my own piece last week. Yes, I had I had five trades that could that could impact playoff races in 2023, and I had the Raiders actually trading Josh Jacobs to the Los Angeles Rams. Now I know that would make Raider fans equally vomit to give the Raiders <laughs> to give Josh Jacobs to the Rams in Los Angeles, but I, I think it, it makes sense simply because. Yeah, they have Cam Akers, and, and Sean McVay said Cam Akers is going to be a big part of that offense. But if you look around the league, a lot of teams have two viable running backs. Right. Simply because running backs get banged up, they get hurt. So you want to have two guys that can carry the ball typically. And I think that's the route the Rays were going to go in if Josh Jacobs didn't go crazy and, and, and run the ball for 340 times for over 1,600 yards. But I think if you look at jo- if you look at Sean McVay's offense, a lot of people want to talk about Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup. But his offense is really predicated on a strong ground attack. And he had some issues with Cam Akers over the previous years. Mm-hmm. But you bring in Josh Jacobs, who's only 25 years old, into that offense. All of a sudden, it takes a lot of pressure off of Matt Stafford, who's dealt with injuries and getting older in age. That team as a whole, that Ram squad, was banged up last year. Josh Jacobs and Cam Akers could be the engine of that offense if the Raiders want to trade him and send him outside of the, of the conference to an NFC yeah. team. Yeah, to your point about the NFC team, I mean, you look at teams who also need running backs in the NFC, Washington, the Commanders, or whatever they're going to be called now because of the trademark issue, um, they they need a running back, uh, as do the Vikings. They said goodbye to Dalvin Cook. Now, the Vikings obviously didn't want to pay top dollars, so that kind of maybe rules out a Josh Jacobs. And even the Commanders have some cap issues uh, in their rebuild, so they might not be able to afford a player like Josh Jacobs. But, man, it would take a lot of pressure off a quarterback in Washington if you were to bring in a Josh Jacobs and and he would do well in that division. Here's a here's a wild thought. Jerry Jones loves running backs. They got mm. Ezekiel Elliott four. They then I they left the door open for Ezekiel Elliott to come back. But I know they had Tony Tony Pyle, but he's coming off of, of surgery. Sure. Right? So And he wants a what raise. If, what if the Cowboys call the Raiders and say we will take Josh Jacobs off your hand for a high draft pick? I, I wonder with the Raiders budget on that if they're willing to move Josh Jacobs because again they also have an offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, who likes to use multiple running backs. So this is another team that's probably not just going to have Tony Fowler carrying the rock. I know I know they got a, some backups there in Dallas, but none of the caliber of Josh Jacobs. So I would just say, I don't, I, I put this out there. I don't, I hope the Rays work out something with Josh Jacobs. For fans listening to this and saying, why are you trading Josh Jacobs to all these places? <laughs> we're just saying, look, if, if he were to get traded, these are the spots that you should look out for. The Broncos not being one of them. Sorry, Cody Benjamin. We will give you the floor, but <laughs> we'll it ain't fun. happening. Yeah, it we'll ain't have, happening. We'll have fun with Cody on that one, I'm sure. He'll have some good explanation for it. He's a smart dude. Yeah, we will. love him here, but but I'm yeah. sure I'm sure we'll have fun with it. All right. Uh, that's going to close out the show. There you go uh, for this uh, Tuesday in the middle of June. July is within reach. A couple more weeks, and then we'll be in the month that training camp starts. Yes, we'll have to get through the rest of July. Uh, but we'll do that. Mo, what do you got coming up this week? I know it's a slower week for you, too. You're taking a little bit of time and letting your uh, your colleagues do some of the work uh, this week. But tell us what you got coming up. I briefly, I previously mentioned this briefly on the, on the last show. Uh, quite Big question at every position group for the Raiders. So I'm going to go through every position group, nine, and, and just 
just talk about or discuss. I'll pose the question, whatever it is, uh, the biggest question that Rays have to answer before training camp or at training camp, and then give my solution, my answer to that question. So it would be something like, you know, what do the Raiders do with Josh Jacobs' contract situation? And I gave mm-hmm. a solution on the last show. I said I would offer him a three-year, $39 million extension to see what he says. Now, if he doesn't accept that, then we have to amend it. But it, I, I think that should be the starting offer to see if you can get him in the camp and get things rolling. Other than that, I think the defense has a lot of intriguing questions. Is Devon, mm-hmm. is Devon Diablo the guy? You know, if Marcus Peters gets signed, who are, who is the other starting quarterback outside of Nate Hobbs? I, those are some of the questions that I will ask in the piece and also answer. And that's going to be on Sports Not, correct? Yes, that's going to be on Sports All right. So make sure you look for that. If you follow Mo on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, that's Mo Moten, uh, he'll tweet out the piece. So will I, so will SMB today. So you either place you'll be able to find it when it hit when it hits and it's hot and you can go into it. We'll do that on Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit too, Mo. I want to talk about how, you know, kind of make or break years for some of the Raiders, the returning Raiders and, and some of the free agent guys who've come in. So we'll get into that a little bit in addition to your piece as you have a light week for Mo Moten's world, which is nice. Hope you enjoy the sunshine and. Uh, the weather in New York is a, the fire stuff. It, we're still getting some of it down here. I don't know if you're still getting it there. We had we were supposed to have some hazy skies over the over the past yeah. weekend, but I didn't. I was outside a bit and not a bit. I was outside quite a lot, and I didn't really notice it. The last time, the first wave of the smoke here, I actually was outside, and you can literally taste it. Taste if you're it. Outside yeah. long enough. That's that was crazy. the case over the past weekend. That's crazy. Well, that's awesome. All right. Well, enjoy. Your Tuesday, Wednesday, Mo. We'll talk to you on Thursday, brother. Sounds good. All right. For uh, Mo Moten, for our producer, Mike Robier. Yes, he's the guy who keeps it all together. We appreciate all the work that he does for us at Odyssey. Uh, I am Scott Branson, and this has been Silver and Black today. You guys have a great Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be back to you on Thursday talking more Raiders football. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you then.